Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Papa, two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Believe in the Giants are moving on to the divisional playoff round with their win against the Minnesota Vikings. And, Carl, that was a lot of fun on Sunday in Minneapolis. And I really think because it was so intense on Christmas Eve with the whiteout and the fake snow and all that other stuff Mm -hmm. and the kind of game, I think the fact that the Giants had experienced it just a few weeks ago caused them to not feel the anxiety that you might have felt had you not been in that environment before. Bob, I think you're 100% correct, but even more so the fact that they had to to listen all week about the experience. They don't have experience and how um, Cousins is and that group is more experienced and the Giants might be overwhelmed. You know what? Half of your body's cut off with your background. Half my body. It's like, like okay. yeah, like you got half to half to half your body is like being huh. eaten up by the background. You know what? Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna just do this. Is it still there that way? No, you're good. When you move to your right, I don't know what it is. It's the lighting. Move back to your left now. Just sit back regular. You're good. Okay. You're good. The other one was just like, it was just eating into like half your body. Gotcha. I don't know why. Yeah. All right. So uh, do you want to just pick it up with that? Uh, Let's start from the top. Okay. All right. Coming out in three, two, and one. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Papa, two-time Super Bowl champion, Carl Banks. We're believing that the Giants are in the divisional playoff round. They'll play Philadelphia on Saturday night in primetime. And Carl... Man, um, what a performance, what an environment. And I really believe that that Christmas Eve whiteout with that scene that was in U.S. Bank Stadium definitely had the Giants prepared because they didn't seem bothered at all by what happened in that stadium this Sunday with the noise or anything else. Well, you know, Bob, it is a tribute to uh, just the way they prepare and the mindset of this team because, yes, they felt everything that Minnesota had to offer in terms of crowd noise, distraction, all the above. And they prepared for a game. They did not look overwhelmed, even though they had to sit all week and answer questions about their experience, right? You guys aren't experienced. The Minnesota Vikings are experienced. And they just showed in and, and, and they showed up and showed that the moment was not too big for them. No, it wasn't. And look, Minnesota goes down the field. They score right away. It was easy. You're down seven, nothing. And I think, you know, the fact that the giants answered right away and had their own Mm stress-free drive, it's not like they had to make third downs and they had these high 
leverage, you know, moments. It was easy, you know, and Saquon yeah. runs it in from 28 yards out. They get too cute with a fancy play on third down. Giants get a stop. They score again. And then they go on a 20 play, 10 minute and 52 second drive. Now it only ended in a field goal, but I think that stretch of the game, the Giants felt like, Hey, not only do we have a chance, we're better than these guys. Yeah. Like offensively, they really uh, make the Vikings play down to their ranking. Simple as that. They, I mean, they really imposed whatever it was in terms of their scheme on the Vikings and the Vikings really didn't have an answer for the, the uh, passing game. Now, um, the other impressive part about this game and, you know, Kirk Cousins was 80% on pass, right? But what Wink Martindale, Martin, Wink Martindale did in terms of adjustments, Dalvin Cook was not a factor in this game. And I credit Jalen Smith and Jared Davis and that entire defensive front for basically setting the wall and not allowing those cutbacks. I mean, he did not impact this game the way that I believe they thought he would. Uh, they, because the success they had last, the last time they played, I'm sure they were anticipating having even more success running the football if they were more intentional about doing it. Well, they were intentional until the Giants showed that you can't run the ball on us the way you think you are. The other part of it, we talked about whether or not Justin Jefferson could be contained, right? Because you don't stop him. But you know what they did? They took him out of the game at some of the biggest moments. Mm -hmm. And that was the addition of a Dory Jackson. Now he wasn't single one-on-one, -on -one, but he certainly helps when you've got two guys and one of those guys is a Dory Jackson, who's got to pay attention to the best wide receiver. And oh, by the way, Xavier McKinney could take your best guy, your, your second best option and take him out of the game. So those adjustments really pay dividends because what Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams did up front all game, but especially at crunch time, it, it, it showed me that this team was ready for prime time, but the moment wasn't too big. They actually, they stepped into the moment more so than the Vikings because they took away Jefferson. They had pressure and they made a tackle on a fourth down, which was beautiful. And they did so many little things in this game, whether it was a Dory Jackson making a play or Darnay Holmes reading and identifying a screen coming up. And, and then you had the throwback to cousins and they weren't out of position. Yeah. Where at times, you know, Hawkinson, when he had those back-to-back -back 27 yarders at times that they have some breakdowns. Yeah. But those guys are really good. Brita getting skinny to get a first down Daniel Jones under pressure, not rushing the ball and flipping it beautifully to Barkley. So Saquon can get upfield and get a first down. Like there's so many little things that this team is doing in these games that you sit there and you say to yourself, they really are, you know, 
you take a look at them individually, but then when you take the sum of the parts, you know, they're playing what this sport is all about. This is the ultimate yeah, team, team sport. This is the ultimate baseball is a individual sport wrapped up in a team concept. Basketball is a team sport that can be controlled by one or two players on the court. Um, hockey is very important and dependent upon a hot goaltender in the playoff time. Football, you cannot function unless all 11 operate in sync and succeed on each play or, it's a, or else it's a blown up play. And, and I'm, I'm just floored by the way these guys are coming together and building this confidence that they have. Well, there, there are two things that uh, we have to just really uh, speak to, Bob. And one is we heard a narrative coming into this game or, yeah, com coming into the last Philadelphia game is why Brian Dable should not rest his players because of the rhythm uh, keep the momentum, all of that. Well, guess what, folks? He rested his players. They came out sharp. They came out rested. They came out ready. So um, what works for one coach does not necessarily mean that every coach in the league has to do it that way. Or every coach in the history of coaching <clears throat> that faces a similar position has to do it that way. Like each coach is their own man. They have a feel for their person, <clears throat> their personnel. So you have to let these coaches, when they have a feel for it, and I think uh, this head coach and his staff have a really good feel for the players on this roster, and they knew uh, what was needed to get the best out of them. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Yeah, and I mean, um, I, if I hear one more time the comparison to 07, you know, first of all, in 07, <coughs> the, Giants, the Giants wound up losing Sean O'Hara and Corey Webster. You know, mm -hmm. Those guys didn't play in the playoff game against the Tampa Bay Bucks, but the Giants won, so people don't remember that. The other thing is they were defending history. The, the Patriots were trying to go undefeated. They weren't defending history in the last regular season game. I mean, so Philadelphia is going to get the number one seed or they're not. Big deal. No one's going to remember four years from now. And you saw it. You saw, the, you saw Barkley look fresh. You saw guys looking fresh and quicker and, and, and there, that week off help. I mean, let me ask you this, Carl, would you have believed that the giants could win a playoff game on the road against anybody with Saquon Barkley getting as few carries as he wound up getting in yeah, the game? Nine? Which speaks, yeah. Which speaks to what this team is all about. Yeah. I, I tell you what, like Daniel Jones slander. Go. <laughs> I, I think going into this game, the day of the game, Sal Palantonio says, how many carries do you think Barkley gets? I said minimum 20. He's like, nah, it's going to be upwards of 30. They need that many for, him, for them to win the game. Well, guess what? They got pretty good coaches because Saquon Barkley 
had nine touches as a running back. And every one was pretty important. But he had a lot more touches in terms of, of catching the football. Um, but this is like, we, we have to stop looking at football through the eyes of how we saw it before, or looking at Giants football through the lens of, of how we've seen it before. These coaches, they see the game different. They prepare their team based on what's uh, going to work for their personnel and how this game is played here um, in this, this new era of football. Like we've been so conditioned to think of Giants football in more traditional ways and not being open to seeing how the other side of life in 2020s is playing football. And this is, you know, get used to it, folks, because, you know, these guys are coming up with great game plans. They know how to attack uh, defenses and defensively, they know how to play this game. And, you know, you're not going to see shut down defenses when you don't have the personnel, but you'll see their ability to shut someone down if it, if it comes down to a single play. And that's what they did. They said, uh, Wink said, on this given play, it's a must-have it. Well, you're not getting Justin Jefferson, so you're going to have to take somebody else. You're going to have to do make that decision in a hurry because my guys are coming. I got your best guy covered, so make a decision. It was Hawkinson five yards shy of the first down. And think about this, right? Um, they only got a field goal out of it, but the Giants went on a 20-play drive. It was like, how, you, like double-digit minutes, right? 10 minutes and 52 seconds, almost 11 minutes. So that's a great defense against an explosive offense there on the, but you were on a defense in Tampa in Super Bowl 25 that had one of those drives, but that was mm -hmm. a lot of runs. That was OJ pounding it. You know, yeah. Ingram sure. made Ingram made a great play on that drive to keep it going, but it was like a pound it. Just think about the fact that, it's not like they were pounding it with Barkley for three and three right. and four and three. They're throwing it, the short passing, and they run a quarterback sweeps. I mean, it was you're you're 100 right. It's football in the 2020s that you could have a 20 play, 10 minute and 52 second drive, and not be feeding one guy the ball the entire drive. The, that that whole drive. I think Barkley touched the ball close to the red zone. He didn't, he didn't touch it down at the other end of the field as a runner, you know? So that just tells you that this is, this is a new, um, for, not for everybody else in the NFL, for, but for Giants fans, you're entering into what you've been clamoring for, you know, an offensive play caller with imagination. Um, and they, they use their personnel um, in very advantageous situations. And, you know, I just think it's refreshing. I, I like the fact that this staff and this core of players are all on the same page. Um, the playoffs, and I, and I, you know, I'm in the hotel and sitting in the hotel restaurant slash bar and I'm next to Saquon Barkley's family and, and I think Cam Brown came over. I think his mother was there. And they didn't seem like they were overwhelmed. You know, they, 
just just the way they prepared tells me that there's a there's a calm that comes over these guys because they prepare during the week and there's just like no uncertainty to where they're just so anxious like you know Saquon he and I were just talking about the other game that was on TV um and was I surprised at what Seattle was doing at the time that they were coming back and we just talked about it and then I had you know a conversation with him and some of his friends his father um but it just tells you what good coaching can do, mm-hmm. right? Their players, this giant team prepares well, so they're not overwhelmed during the course of the game. Um, from the minute of pregame warmups to the, the moment he walked into the huddle, Daniel Jones did not seem like no. a deer in headlights. I mean, he played that game as if it was just, hey, let me just do my job and we'll win. You know, and that's what you want. Yeah, he I mean, he did not, you know, all we heard about, you know, experience, you know, lack of playoff experience. But did Daniel Jones at any point in that game look like he was playing in his first playoff game? He looked like a guy that had been there numerous times before. And he played his college ball at Duke. So it's not like he played in the SEC or, yeah. you know, the Big Ten or the Pac-12 and he's played in Rose Bowls and all this other stuff. Yeah. Did, did he even look remotely at any point in that game ever flustered? No. And I think, you know, for the fans, and we have a lot of fun. At least I do with a lot of the Daniel Jones slander guys, but it's getting quiet on that front. Like everybody who was, now how about the guys who said it's, it's, it's counterproductive for the giants to be in the playoffs because it's only going to set them back because it creates unrealistic expectations because they're not going to win a playoff game and they don't have the personnel anyway. Well, guess what? They're on to the next round. And I think everyone will agree that a playoff win is really good for what you're trying to build in your culture. Point Absolutely. Blank. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was a silly narrative. And now you have a chance to win another one. So, okay. Yeah. The Eagles have beaten the giants. By my recollection and my adding, if you go back to that 08 playoff loss at Giants Stadium, I think they've beaten the Giants 23 out of the last 29 meetings. I mean, it's ridiculous. The Giants haven't won Mm -hmm. in Philly since 2013. They found unbelievable ways to lose to Philadelphia, whether it was Deshaun Jackson, Evan Ingram dropping a ball. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a million scenarios. But well, the players on this team right now in 2022, they weren't part of any of those. They don't care. They, they, yeah, they weren't nothing. part of that. They didn't play on those teams. It, it doesn't mean anything. All they know is this. Philadelphia kicked our ass at MetLife Stadium earlier this year. We went back down there and played them with all of our reserves and our quarterback, who was a practice squad player, who was elevated for the game against their ones. And we hung with them. And we got confidence right now. And if we do what we need to do and what coach tells us to do, we're going to have a chance to win this game, right? We're going to, we have a chance to then get to the NFC championship game. If we take care of business and do what we have to do, that's all they're thinking. They don't, they don't know any of these numbers, right? And it shouldn't matter to any of them. None of them, a lot of them wasn't even in college. When, you know, when this thing first started. So, 
They don't care. What they care about is what they can affect today, not somebody else's streak that belongs under the Giants banner, right? It's what are we going to do today? And, you know, the other thing that uh, we have to continue to just salute is the play of the wide receivers, right? Um, Isaiah Hodgins, uh, Darius Slayton, all of these guys. And I know we were, we're in the middle of broadcasting, you know, you kind of went on, on the Slayton drop, which really could have ended the game, right? Yeah. And it was a missed opportunity. And I said to you on air, yeah, they could have, but now the defense gets a chance to do their job uh, because they're taking the field with a lead mm -hmm. to protect. So the defense did their job. And as a byproduct of that, they bailed Slayton out. And that's what team is about. Like you talk about, a, you know, uh, the sum of its parts. That's, that's what this, NF, this, this NFC East New York Giants football team is, a sum of its parts. So they pick each other up. And, you know, they're not in that position without some of Slayton's key catches. Of course. Let's just look at it that way. It's not like that was the only play they threw to him. He dropped it. And we get it. Yeah, he gets it too. That's why he was so bummed out that he was, you know, that could have been the one that sealed the game. And nobody felt worse, but thank God the defense took the field with a lead and they shut it down. And as a byproduct, they helped their brother out, help a brother out. It's funny because we both have a soft spot for Darius Slayton in this fact that I've always, we've always thought he's a good player. I know you've studied him a lot this year. His route running is a lot better than he gets credit for. And he's been instrumental in this team's success this season. Um, once he started to get an opportunity. Um, but it is weird. Like, it seems like there's this ceiling, though, with him that he has all these good games. And how many times this year has he gotten to, like, 84 yards receiving, 88 yards receiving like the other day, 91 yards receiving, and he hasn't had a 100-yard receiving game since 2020 against Dallas. And I'm like, oh, man, he's getting it this time. He's getting it this time. It's, it, it always feels like it, he's going to get there, too. And then he has the drop. He'll have yeah. the – if he catches that ball and runs with it, he's over 100. In Washington with a minute 20 – or at, at home against Washington with a minute 25 to go when he ran wide open and he dropped it, those will all put him over 100. It's like – it's like give the guy a break, man. Come, come on. Because we I, well, I, I want to see him. I want to see him You'll do well. You'll get that. I mean, you know, for Darius Slayton, and yeah, it's it's a soft spot. It's not a blind spot. But I tell you what I have most uh, for Darius Slayton is respect. Respect for the way he prepares, for his mental toughness. Um, I don't think, I mean, folks, you would have to be around this kid and just observe him from afar. You don't have to be standing next to him. If you just watch him and his approach to this game and the way he prepares, the way he uh, verbally prepares while he's at practice, not on the field, going through uh, formations, what he should be, what the other guys should be doing, what the defense is doing. If you just watch him, you would have a great deal of respect. And he's not a bum. 
That's why, you know, when he goes out there and he plays, we want it. We expect a lot from him, but he does himself. So, yeah, I got a soft spot for him, but most, most importantly, I got a great deal of respect because he had to go through a lot to win over the confidence of this personnel staff, this coaching staff, uh, and even his teammates to a degree. And he was up for the task. And then I think if you ask anybody, he's exceeded expectations. Anybody that was new to Darius Slayton that hadn't been around him, he's exceeded expectations because they thought they were going to have to cut him. We're probably trying to move him, right? He took a pay cut, um, and that hopefully works itself out because he'll be rewarded for um, how well he's played. But just all the things that could have broken a, a, a football player mentally, they, it didn't break him. It just made him stronger. It strengthened his resolve. So, uh, And I'm so glad that he's contributing to what they have going on right now. Yeah, and just kind of like in wrapping it up too, like when we were sitting with Dable on Monday, you know, and it's amazing how well coached they are because like the play that Flot made on the third down, you know, everybody's ready. Everybody knows their assignment. And like he even told us, he's like, you know, it's not like the guy was playing the whole game. He had like limited snaps. Yeah. But then in a big, high, important moment in the game, the guy's in there and it was something that they had seen before. And and he played the technique perfectly and he gets the pass break up. And that kind of really sums up what this team is all about. Like, well, think you know, about this, Bob. That was the same play that kept their drive alive in their last game. Right. It was the exact same route to uh, Jefferson, who was better than the guy covering him because they had it covered, they had it diagnosed, but he was just better. This game, he was not. Right. I mean, they just didn't, you know, Osborne has made a lot of big plays. He made a lot of plays in the game and Flot was like right there. He was on top of yeah. him and he took care of business. Um, the locker room, what, how cool the locker room was cool. You know, everybody getting the burritos, getting on the bus, you know, getting to the, you know, the chatter, you know, people think that like these flights and stuff are like crazy. Everybody's exhausted. These guys have burned a lot of energy. But there was that like happiness, you know, everybody's kind of fist pumping and yeah, you know, it's on it's to Philadelphia. Feeling. Yeah. That's Winning why when people, good. when people say, ah, oh, they shouldn't have made the playoffs. It just, they're not going to win a championship, this stuff. And it's not just what happens in the game. It's the experience. It's the team traveling on the road, going to the hotel. It's the meetings, it's the, it's the meals, it's the camaraderie, mm -hmm. and then the positive reinforcement of the win. And I'm walking out with a bunch of players because in Minnesota, you have to walk across the field to get to where the buses are parked in the other tunnel. And, you know, players are dragging their bags and they're walking across the field. And, you know, on Christmas Eve, there were a lot of Vikings fans in those lower suites yapping. They were yapping, quiet yeah. this time. Um, but these guys talking about moments in the game and laughing and, you know, grabbing the burritos and grabbing something to drink. And I'm standing next to Thibodeau and he's got this big smile on his face as he's trying to choose whether he's going to have the chicken or the beef or whatever. And guys are just yucking it up. Those are things that people don't see when they say, wow, no, they should, but they would have been better off not to for your core and guys the man, other part. moving forward. The this other is part. valuable. Yeah, because you know why, Bob? They weren't just happy to be there. 
Nope. And you could you could tell by their reaction after the game. It wasn't happy they won it. They weren't happy to be there. They were like, they happy they won, but they're on to the next game. They're like, they feel like they can win. And it's not like they got in there and say, well, this is going to be a great experience for our program and we could build on it. Nope, they're in it to win it. And in doing so, it's great. It's great for the program. It's great for what they're building because they're all a young team. And they have a lot that they can they can build on, and it's a great experience for them uh, to keep advancing in the playoffs. No doubt about it. Um, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs, pro, college football, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, trends. Bet Online, live betting options, free contests, live scores for almost any sport or game. Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way. To bet on your favorite sports leagues, head to the website, mobile device to join, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your reward, betonline.ag, where the game starts. And, Carl, I was thinking about this um, when you said about the playoffs and being in the playoffs and, you know, some said, well, they're not going to win a championship. What's the point? It'll hurt the, hurt the draft position or whatever. And it reminds me of uh, their attitude reminds me of a book written by the esteemed longtime columnist from the Newark Star-Ledger um, who wrote a book titled No Medals for Trying, which was the Parcells line, right? That's the Parcells mm-hmm. line. You're, you know, you're in it to win. You're not going there for participation medals. And that's what this team is doing. That's yeah. what they're, that's their mindset right now. They're not, Oh, we're just happy. But, oh, we're ahead of schedule. Hey, you know, we got here and let's, you know, yeah. let's give it our old college try. But if we don't, we're going to be back. No, they're like, dude, we're in this thing, Minnesota. Here we come. And their attitude yeah. is going to be like Philadelphia. Guess what? You know what? Your quarterback is a five-tool threat in Jalen Hurts, and we know he is one of the forerunners for the MVP award. But guess what? We got a dude, number eight, who can break the game open with his legs and his arm and his throwing yeah. the football. So why don't you deal with that? Worry about that. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun, man. It's, this has been such a fun uh, period. Um, yes, the Giants are ahead of schedule. But fans, um, embrace this. This team is worth uh, rooting for. And you, you've come out every single week uh, in MetLife Stadium to show that. But this, this team, they're for real. And they're serious about it. Um, they're not intimidated. But they're not a team that's going to walk around with their chest poked out saying, bring it on. But they're just, you're going to get their best. And they're going to be prepared. Um, and they're going to quietly go about showing you that you're going to have to respect them, starting with their quarterback. We'll be back later in the week for a preview of the Eagles game. So how do we like to end this thing? Tell a friend to tell a friend. Tell a Daniel friend to Jones, tell a friend. Daniel Jones is your QB. Man, he's making a lot of cash. It's like, the poor, man's, it's like the poor man's version of Aaron Judge. Hey, okay. coming up a free agency at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. Tell a, but you, hey, you want to play a game. 
You know it. Mm-hmm. Tell a friend to tell a friend. For Carl Banks, I'm Bob Pop. We'll talk to you later in the week. This another edition of Believe in Giants. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.